You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Thank you for being here today. I know it's a long weekend, uh, but I firmly believe that when you make a choice to be in the house of God, uh, you place yourself in a position to receive something from God. Um, And so I'm believing, as I said before, that God has something fresh for you. Uh, As you would know, we are in uh, the second week of June. And for us as a church, June is Vision Month. It's where we articulate um, what we see God is calling us into in the future. And last week, our senior ministers, Pastor Keith and Janet, uh, they unveiled the vision for the next season. And I, for one, was very excited. Um, And, yep, you might understand why. If you were here, you would know about what's going on. Uh, But not just, obviously, for Rachel and I and Pastor Keith and Janet and what that whole idea of it's time for transition is referring to. But I'm excited about where God is taking our church. I'm excited that he has a future for our church. I'm excited that it is big, it is bold. It is, it is to reach a city and to let them know that there is a God who is real, who loves them, that it is time for the influence that we have as light in this city to be seen. Um, and, and if you missed last week's announcements, can I encourage you, please listen to the podcast. Uh, there were things that were articulated on that that I, I, I don't really have the time and space to do again right now. I got a word from God. I need to get it out. Um, and then I need to go and give it to Northwest as well. But I know Pastor Keith and Janet will be around after the service. So if you do have questions at all, please make sure you see them, any of our other pastoral staff. Uh, We have been uh, prepping all week for potential questions, making sure that we're thinking in advance of how we can best help uh, you guys to to come on this journey and um, be a part of what the faith journey is that we're on. Uh, It's not just a faith journey for uh, leadership, it's a faith journey for us as a community. Um, And that's because we do this together, amen? We're in this together. Good. Don't leave me up here this morning hanging, all right? You've got to give me some response. You can yell at me. Where's Jim Walkham this morning? Yeah. Ah, oh, see? Someone needs to take Jim's place this morning and yell something at me sometime in the message, all right? Please make sure it's positive. Negative, negative yelling can really put me off if I'm preaching. Um, so anyway, we, uh, Pastor Keith... Um, unpacked vision from a particular scripture, and we're going to camp on that this month and pull out a whole lot of stuff from it. So if you have uh, your Bible this morning, could you do me a huge favor, and uh, could you please go to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, that is absolutely fine. Um, I would highly recommend, if you've got one, bring it to church. It's great to have with you. Uh, However, we do have it on the screen for you uh, in particular because this morning I'm going to read from the message translation. Um, So all of those who like uh, poetry and kind of the, the fresh translation that is the message, here we go. Proverbs 29, 18. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. 
but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Come on. Who, who watches have you been paying attention? I don't know if it's an appropriate show to talk about in church, but uh, it, is, it is one of the, one of the shows that I watch. So it's just it's good for my soul, right? Like I just get to laugh and um, I don't agree with everything they say, but it is funny. Um, I, there is one introduction. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with the show, they do sections and at the beginning of each section, they show like a series of funny kind of clips to lead in. Without fail, there is, there is this one clip in the introduction to the sports section, of course, that's the one that grabs my attention, and, and, and every time they play this clip of this, this guy, obviously in some type of dunk contest in the States, and he just, he is in full commitment mode, like there, he's, he's not holding anything back, runs, hits the tramp, he is like full Superman and misses the ring by a, like a long way. And he just, he just bangs straight down and without fail, it makes me laugh. Um, and the other one that I love is every time in their entertainment uh, one, without fail, they have someone on a stage falling off the stage. Now, I'm not going to do that this morning, but this scripture just reminded me of that, just right, like right then when it says, if they can't see what God's doing, they stumble all over themselves. And those two pictures immediately came to mind. Um, that, that was in my notes. I don't know why I told you that story, but it was funny. All right, we can laugh together in church. Let's pray um, and believe that God's going to speak right now. Father, I want to thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you that you didn't leave us in this life uh, without a guide. You gave us both your Holy Spirit and you gave us your word. And Lord, I pray this morning that as we unpack that, uh, God, what it says it will do, it will do. Lord, it will separate out our thoughts from truth. It will separate out our feelings and facts from the realities of your word, Father, in our life. Uh, God, I pray your Holy Spirit uh, would bring to light, I thank you that it is the spirit of revelation, that it would bring to light and bring to life what your word is saying. Help it to illuminate what you have placed inside of people this morning in the name of Jesus. And everybody who was expectant said, amen. amen. Come on, we are an expectant church. We, we, I don't know about you, but I expect something when I come to church. You know, we're told in life sometimes that it's not okay to expect too much, like don't get your hopes up because then, you know, when it doesn't happen, you know, you've got to deal with disappointment. Can I tell you that when it comes to church, we should absolutely get our hopes up. We should absolutely come to church on a Sunday with an expectation of good with an expectation that God is going to be here, that we are going to meet with Him, that He knows our need before we walk into this place, um, and He is not going to leave us in disappointment. He is not a God that deals in disappointment. He's a God that loves to satisfy expectation. And scripture tells us that, that uh, He loves faith. He loves it when we move in faith. He loves it when we have expectation. Um, terrific. So our current series is obviously our vision series. It's time. And Pastor Keith unveiled last week what it's time for in this next phase. It's time for influence. It's time for growth, which is a great thing. And it is time for transition. And as I said earlier, if you have any questions around those, make sure you listen to the COD podcast, the Codcast. There you go. That's a new thing. Apple should jump on that. Um, However, this scripture is really interesting in that it has two clear, distinct sections to it. 
And I often love how Proverbs does that. It often puts these two things next to each other and we take the whole package and then, and then we hold the two in tension and we understand where God is leading us. But this particular scripture talks about the first and the foremost thing that we must have is a vision. If we don't first have a vision at all, then we see that there's a repercussion, there's a consequence, there's something that comes from no vision. No vision is stumbling. No vision is trying to walk through uh, a room with, with all your kids' toys on the floor in the middle of the night and trying not to get Thomas the tank engine in the arch of your left foot at three in the morning. That's what it's like when we don't have the lights turned on in our spirit. It's like suddenly we're, we're, we're hurting and suddenly we're, we're stepping on things that are causing us pain and discomfort and we're stumbling around in our life and our soul is like the sole of my foot last night. And what we need is we need a vision. We need within us to have an image of where God is taking us. We need first and foremost to have a vision. And the great thing about our church is that we have got that. We have got a vision. And if you're unsure of it, let me tell you it, it is to be a life-giving church empowered by the Spirit to influence this city and beyond for the kingdom of God. That's 10 points, Pastor Keith. I had no notes on that. Um, that's our vision. And the way in which we're going to do that over the next section of time is, is by focusing on growth, focusing on influence, and focusing on transition. That is why each year we give you a focus. We give you a phase. It's not a new vision. We haven't changed it. Still the same, to be life-giving, empowered, everything I just said. But this time we're, we've got a focus for it. So we have a vision. You need to be confident of our vision. However, Proverbs has a second section. When they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So once we have a vision, there needs to be an attendance. And I'm not talking about you here physically, although that is beneficial. I'm talking about actually beginning to outwork what it is that God shows you. And I say you because Pastor Keith very clearly said that it isn't just its time, it's our time. It's your time. This vision is about all of us. It's about all of us being able to see what God is doing in our church, but not just as a church. It's about all of us seeing what God is calling us to do as individuals within our church. There is a place for every person, a role, an outworking of your gifts, an outworking of your passions, a place where you are anointing. You know, the Bible talks about what Jesus said. He said, I am anointed to do this. The Holy Spirit is in you for a purpose. The Holy Spirit comes on you with power for a function. That is anointing. It is power attached to purpose in the right place. And the right place for you, uh, irrespective of the rest of your life, is the house of God. There is an anointing on your life for something in the house of God. I'm glad one person clapped for there being an anointing on their life for something in the house of God. And so we need to make sure that not only can we all see what God has for us in this place, but that we then actually attend to it. Because blessing comes on the back of attending. Blessing comes on the back of attending. Now I want to tell you a story, if that's all right. It's about, it's about this lady, her name was Florence Chadwick. Florence Chadwick. I used to work with, with a, 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 a guy at, at school, and his, his last name was was Chadwick, and I used to call him Mr. Cherry Chapstick. Um, I don't know, that's just what came to mind whenever I hear the word Chadwick. Um, he's a legend. He's, he's so good. Uh, we have heaps, 
great uh, theological conversations. He's a, kind of like an Old Testament scholar, loves it. Um, anyway, Florence Chadwick, she was an American long-distance long swimmer. You might have heard of her. Um, in 1951, she became the first woman to swim the English Channel in both directions. Fairly significant accomplishment in life. I don't know about you. I haven't done that. Uh, it's also not on my to-do list. Uh, it's not high up. I prefer to fly across the English Channel because um, that would mean I've been to both London and France, and that's great. Um, so Florence Chadwick... Um, she, she set a record uh, going one way, um, and then a year later, she decided she'd go back the other way, and she set a record going that way as well, and became the first woman to swim uh, it in both ways, which is, which is fantastic. Now, the next year after she did that, maybe she thought that wasn't a, more, uh, a significant enough accomplishment, decided that she'd keep swimming. Um, the next year, she attempted to swim uh, the 50-kilometer stretch of ocean between the Catalina Island and the Californian coast. Um, I don't know about you, I have not run 50 kilometers, yet alone swum 50 kilometers, okay? When I go swimming, it's like not very far. I love the water. I just like waves and letting them move me rather than utilizing energy and muscle. I just, I like to just get on them and then be in the barrel. It's like the, that's the best place in the world, in case you haven't been there before. It's great. Anyway, she swam 50-kilometer stretch of ocean. And she's out there, she's got these boats, and the story goes that these boats, there were guys, her support crew, and they had guns just in case sharks came. I feel like we, we need to get some of those out, like where the good surf breaks are. Like, just get me some boats with some guns uh, for when the sharks come. It's going to be great. But there were these boats going along beside her, making sure that she was okay and, and just checking in um, and, and, and utilizing the gun when necessary. But she got to this point um, and about 15 hours into the swim. Can you imagine swimming for 15 hours? Oh, I cannot imagine that. That's what nightmares are made of. This... And those of you who are familiar with the Californian coast, you would know there's this like dense fog that kind of rolls in, right? San Francisco's famous for it. This 15 hours into her swim, this dense fog rolls in uh, across the ocean and she can't see at all where she's going um, and she, she keeps going and she, you know, uh, well, the word's gone, but she keeps going. Persists. There we go. She persists with her swim for a little bit longer, a little bit longer and her mom is in the boat and she starts sort of saying to her mom, I don't, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can make it. Um, I'm getting tired. I'm really worn out. Like, it's just 15 hours. I get it. Um, to the point where she ends up being like, I can't do it. I need, I need you to get me out of the water. And so they get her out of the water. She's sitting in the boat. And, and, and after she's sort of warmed up, I hope they had like a cup of tea for her. That would have been really nice. A little warm, like, cup of soup. Who remembers cup of soups? Oh, those things do not make the grade in our nutritionally conscious world anymore. Um, anyway, she's on the boat, towels wrapped around it, and the fog kind of lifts, and she realizes and sees that she was only one mile from the finish, right? Like 1.6 Ks for all of us Australians. Um, and she was obviously bitterly disappointed. Uh, and, and it says um, in her Wikipedia profile, because that's where I get my stories, um, that two months later, she returned and, and attempted to swim again. I think 50Ks within, like, once is really good, but, like, two months later to do it again. Uh, it's a special person required to do that. And it says that this time, again, 15 hours in, the fog descended. She couldn't see anything. 
Uh, but she just kept swimming through the fog. She kept swimming through the fog, got to the beach, finished the swim. Everyone who was there, which was like two people because no one else can get out there, um, congratulated her. And they asked her, they did an interview with her, and they said, what was it that enabled you to finish this time? Did you do extra training? Like, did you focus on your, like, pre-race nutrition? Uh, Like, did you carb load a week beforehand? Because all of us endurance athletes, um, we know all about that. Um, That's why I eat a lot of pizza and pasta, guys. I'm just waiting for my endurance events. In the future sometime, I'm preloading. And she said, no, it wasn't any of those. What it was is that she held in her mind the picture of the beach from the last time. She held in her mind the picture of the beach. And she said, when the fog came in and I couldn't see, I held on to what I had seen. I held on to what I had seen. Um, And it's awesome, right? Congratulations, Florence Chadwick. I hope you're enjoying life after, um, because she's no longer with us. But I take from this is that vision is not sight. Vision is not sight. And I think too often we get the two confused. We feel like they're interchangeable words in our life and we live by what we can see rather than we know what God has shown us. There's a danger in doing this because vision should always be beyond what we can see. Vision should always be about the place where we are not yet at. So there's a danger in when we choose to live according to what we can see, not only do we not move towards the vision God has shown us, but we disregard it as a potential. And we just accept where we are. And the reason why some of us stay where we are is because we don't have a vision of anywhere beyond where we are. And so we stay in the same place and we stay in the same thought patterns and we stay in the same complications in our relationships and all of those things because we actually have not got a vision of what life might look like beyond that. I ask myself all the time, what would life look like if I didn't have that aspect of my life, because we all have those aspects that we're working on with Jesus, right? We're all on the transformation path. Okay, I'm I'm not a super apostle. I have I have things that I struggle with just like you guys, but I hold on to a vision of what life will look like when those have been transformed in the power of Jesus. And so I, I move towards that which I see. Do you realize that you slowly move towards whatever you continue to look at? If you hold on to a vision inside of you, it will determine your final destination. How you see yourself is what you will move toward. Seeing the vision is not about what we see currently in the natural, but something that God has revealed to our heart about our future. The other thing we need to understand is vision is always an internal image. It's always something that comes from the same space that our faith lives. Our faith does not live in the natural senses that God created us with. Faith lives in the spirit that he placed within us. Faith lives in a different space to senses, which is why often faith is contrary to feelings. Feelings operate within our five senses. They operate within the realm of the natural. They operate from our soul, but they don't operate from our spirit. Faith transcends feeling. It operates from our spirit. You see, often... We have to hold on to faith. We have to hold on to the vision when all around us looks different. We have to be able to see it still, just like Florence, when the fog sets in of life and we can't see three feet in front of us. 
when we can't see through the turmoil, when we can't see through the tragedy, when we can't see through the stress, when we can't see through the condemnation, when we can't see, when we can't see through those things naturally, we have to have a vision that takes us beyond them. We have to have a vision that keeps us moving towards them. Faith makes us believe what we see in our heart is possible when all around us seems like it's the opposite. This is why we're called to live by faith, not by sight. If we were to live by sight, we would accomplish very little for the kingdom of God. We are called to live by faith, where we attach that part of our spirit with the vision that God has given us, and we say, yes, God, I believe. Now, that is the language of faith. Yes, God, I believe. Yes, God, I believe. That is the language of faith. That is where our Christian walk began. That is where our relationship with God began. Yes, God, I believe. Yes, I believe you're real. Yes, I believe in Jesus. Yes, I believe what he did on the cross. Yes, I believe that that moment in time was enough for the forgiveness of my sins. Yes, I believe that that moment was enough for my transformation as a human being to be a new creation in Christ. Yes, I believe that is the language that we need to attach to the vision that God places within us. Yes, I believe. You see, we always get a choice. We always get a choice to live by faith or by facts, by vision or by sight. You see, unlike Florence, our faith is not attached to our ability. The only thing she had to rely on was that she had the ability. And when when the fog set in, She held on to the vision, but ultimately the path between where she was and where the vision told her she was heading rested on her shoulders. It rested on her ability. It rested on her skill alone. Had she done the training? could Could she freestyle long enough? It rested on her. But the great thing about the vision that God gives us is that because it came from God, the capacity to achieve it rests on God. He chooses to work through our passions. He chooses to work through our giftings. He places His Spirit on our gifts and we become anointed to do what He's placed within us. But ultimately, the ability, the power necessary Necessary comes from God, the same place the vision came from. Our faith is not in the destination being a certainty. It's not even in our ability to get there on our own. Our faith is in our God. And so this vision is not just something for Pastor Keith and Pastor Janet to see. Uh, no, this vision that Pastor Keith has clearly articulated, that it's not just its time, but it's our time. This vision is something we all need to see. And not just all see as a collective, but we all need to see our place. We all need to see our part. We all need to see the one thing that God is revealing or the two things that God is revealing to you about where you fit in this, where you fit. What has He anointed you to do in this season of our vision? What has He placed the power of His Spirit on? What gift do you have that He is pouring out a fresh amount of His Spirit on to enable one aspect of our vision to go simply from vision in our heart to to function in the natural? You know, I was, I was, we were at prayer meeting this week um, and felt like God really began to just unload 
some prophetic words for people for, for this Sunday. And, uh, you know, I love that it's Pentecost Sunday. I love that God wants to speak to His people once again and empower them. And, and I've got a few things that I want to pray for people specifically about, if that's all right. And I'm not going to invite you up on the, on, onto the platform at all. I, I'm, I'm, I am on a timeline. I'm trying to stick to it. I'm trying to be good uh, and get out of here quickly. But I want to pray for, for some people that God placed on my heart. And I'm going to ask that if this uh, is related to particularly uh, your workplace setting, uh, I'm going to ask you to stand up. I want to, I want to pray for you. I'm to, I feel like I've got a word for you. I've written it down. So here we go. Uh, God said very clearly uh, to Pastor Keith that the whole idea of it being our time is that just like Esther, we need to see that we are positioned for such a time as this. We need to see that we're positioned for such a time as this. And there's some people in our congregation, you have been positioned by God for such a time as this, for the benefit of His kingdom, not just the benefit of your business, not just the benefit of your, of your, of your organization that you're a part of. And, and I want to pray for anybody right now who is in an organization or in a business and in the position that you hold in that business, you have influence down the line of over a hundred people. So, so I know immediately what comes to mind is, is uh, high school teachers, uh, if, you, if you have more than a couple of classes that pass by you in a day, you have influence over 100 people. Uh, if you are in leadership within an organizational setting and below you, you know that, that, that the flow of culture, the flow of, of command underneath you is going to be an influence of over 100 people. I, I want to I ask you to stand up. I want to I begin to prophesy over you this morning because I believe that God has positioned you in that space for such a time as this. There is something of the kingdom to be released through you into that place uh, and it's no accident the time is now God has preordained this time for you in that place so if that's you can you stand up be bold be confident yep uh, God has placed me in that position to have this influence as a church we talk about having uh, that now is a time for influence now is a time for influence I believe that there is a correlation absolutely between uh, this vision and what God's about to begin to break out in your roles and your situations. Gary Padgett, you need to be you need to be standing up. Where is he? Where is he? Is he here? Oh, he's, he's out. Awesome. I'm just looking at some, some Phillips people up behind there. Maddie's standing up. Awesome. If you if you deal uh, in business with a number of different different people uh, and have the opportunity to influence to go out there, you can definitely stand up for this as well. Absolutely. Um, awesome. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. Don't be awkward. You're gonna stand for a bit. I'm just gonna wait for Gary to come. Is he coming back? Awesome. All right. The other group that I'm gonna pray for after this is is that there's a particular um, story in the Bible that I love, and God brought it to mind. It's a story of where Elijah passes on the anointing that that was on his life for what he was called to, and he passes it on to to, to the next guy. His name was Elisha. And what Elisha was doing uh, when the anointing was laid before him was he was simply doing something mundane. He was just going backwards and forwards. He was plowing the field. He was plowing the field. And there's some of you in this auditorium right now, you feel like your day-to-day looks like you're just plowing the field. You're just plowing the field. You're just, you're just, there's just the mundane backwards and forwards 
forwards day to day, but I'm telling you, God is actually about to place an anointing in front of you. There is something God is about to open up that you need, you have a choice to step into or not. And when you step into it, there is an anointing on your life to accomplish incredible things for His kingdom. Uh, And so I'm going to pray for you next so you can let that germinate. Gary's back. Awesome. All right, why don't you guys just, I'm just going to believe God's going to begin to do something. He's going to begin to unlock something. So here we go. I'm going to read the word that he gave to me. He said, I'm doing a new thing. Can you not see it? My purpose has not been slow. Now is the time. I have predestined and I have prepositioned you. I have raised you up. My church will see a, my church will be a city on a hill. It will be a church that is seen. You are my church. You are a stone which I have fashioned. You are a stone that I have molded to be seen in this season. I have shaped you to be who you are in the role that you are in, not for the benefit only of the organization that you operate in, not only for the company in which you operate in, but I have fashioned you to be seen because of my kingdom. I have fashioned you to be seen because of what of me is in you. And right now is the time for you to be seen. Right now is the time for my kingdom to be seen. Right now is the time for my kingdom to be an influence in and through you in the place that I have positioned you. Never fear, says the Lord, you have not gained in this place from anything that you have done on your own but I have been with you I have moved you into this I have raised you up at the right time and now is the time for my kingdom to be seen through you in the name of Jesus so Holy Spirit I pray release something afresh on every one of these people Lord in the roles that they're in I pray you would give them eyes to see even now the vision even now of what you have positioned in front of them of what you have begun to unlock in front of them in Jesus name in Jesus name thank you Lord you guys are able to sit when you feel ready if you felt like that second one about Elisha and Elijah, that, that the life right now seems like you are just going backwards and forwards in your day-to-day, you can't actually see any significant uh, calling of God on your life because all you seem like you're doing is going backwards and forwards over the same piece of ground. Yep, you might be getting a paycheck. Yep, you might be seeing some things happen. You know, there's whatever, the soil is churning over, but, but you're really not seeing what you believe God has placed on your life to be doing. Um, I want to pray for you because I believe that just like there was an Elisha, Elijah moment where there was a mantle placed in front of them, there is an opportunity coming in your world to step into something and what you're going to step into is going to be anointed. It's going to have the Spirit of God on it, the power of God working through your gifts to begin to achieve something for the Kingdom of God. So if that's you, come on, be bold. Don't don't hang around your seat. Stand up. If that if you feel like that relates to you, fantastic. Yes, awesome, awesome, terrific. All right, I'm gonna pray for you. you. Just you can put your hands out. Do whatever you feel is the way in which you receive something from God. He's got something this morning for you, Holy Spirit, right now. Father, I thank you that your timing is always perfect. Lord, I thank you that your timing is always at the right time, in the right moment, in the right season. And God, I thank you, Lord, for the diligence that is on these people. I thank you, God, right now for the way in which they have been going about what has seemed mundane. Lord, they don't realize it, but it has been setting them up for right now. Lord, the strength, the resilience, the endurance that you have been developing within them, going back and forward and back and forward. Lord, the ability to push through when nothing seems like it's shifting. God, 
I thank you that that has been building a faith in them for the season that they're about to step into. And so, Lord, I thank you that there is right now an opportunity presenting itself in front of them. Lord, I thank you that you're about to open a door. You're about to put something in front of them that the power of your Spirit is going to attach itself to in the area of a gifting in their life. And they are about to see your kingdom open up in their world like they haven't seen it before. God, I thank you, Lord, that that just like Elisha walked into a double portion of Elijah's anointing, he picked up that man. I I pray, God, that as they step into this opportunity, they would sense your Spirit on them to do a a multiplication effect on what they've seen over the last little while where they have felt like what they're doing is mundane in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you so much. Move in their life right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. So last but not least, where do you see yourself? Where do you see yourself? Where do you see yourself? We're launching 20 initiatives in our center by the end of 2020. Do you see yourself as a part of one of those? Is there something inside of you that begins to light up when you think of what could be done in our community? I'm telling you, that's the seed of a vision that God is placing in your heart. It's a seed of you being able to see where you fit in our vision as a church. Maybe maybe you see yourself bringing someone who will make up our campus growth goals. We're believing for 300 people in average regular attendance here at our central campus. And I know they're believing for 150 at Northwest. Can I tell you that, 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 that when it comes to vision, numbers are not, they're not what we measure, they're what motivate. They're not what measure, they're what motivate. They're, this is about movement. This is about making sure we continue to move forward and reach people for the gospel. But maybe you got a picture right now of you being a significant inviter someone who will see people come through you into the kingdom of God. Maybe maybe you see yourself in a V group growing in your relationship with God. Maybe you're in a picture right now of sitting with a group of people and just seeing that breakthrough that you've been believing for. I don't know, but I believe there's some prophetic stuff starting to come. You see yourself finally uh, growing in your relationship. There's been a stagnation there with God, but I'm telling you, you get yourself into a, group, a V group, there's going to be breakthrough. There's going to be a, a movement forward. We're believing for 75% of our congregations to be connected in V groups, growing in their relationship with God. Maybe you see yourself leading one. I'm telling you there, God doesn't set a vision that doesn't include everyone. God doesn't build a church where not everyone is a stone. He doesn't do that, which means everyone has a place. Everyone has a purpose. I tell you that what you have is what you need right now what you have is what you need if you could catch a glimpse of what God plans to do with it I think about Moses with his staff that's where it all started his little stick what he had was what he needed what he had was what he needed to see the Red Sea what he had was what he needed to throw his staff down turn into a a snake in front of Pharaoh what he had was what he needed was what he had in his hand right now. It's just that God put his power on it. I'm telling you, what you have in your hand is all you need to fulfill the place that God has for you in this vision because it's his vision. So it comes through according to his power. 
We just have to be willing to step into a place of faith where we might not be able to see it in the natural, but God begins to unveil it in our spirit and we go, yes, God, I believe. And so I step and so I throw my staff down and so I throw myself into an opportunity in front of me. So I take a leap of faith and I invite someone to come to a V group or I take a leap of faith and I call up Pastor Keith and Janet and I say, I believe that this is an initiative we need to have downstairs. That's what it looks like to say, yes, I believe to the vision that God puts in inside of you. Take what you have. It is all you need. The power of God will do the rest. Can I pray for you, church? Father, I thank you so much for this incredible, incredible group of people that you have brought together, that you have established, that you have positioned for such a time as this. God, we believe. We believe what you're doing. We believe what you're going to do. I pray that you would begin to stir the vision inside of every person. Every person that calls victory their home, I pray you would begin to stir it in them. Give them that picture that they hold on to when the fog sets in. Give them that picture in the name of Jesus. Good church, why don't you stand? We're going to worship. We're going to worship our God. I believe as you do that, I believe pictures are going to come. Pictures are going to come to your mind. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.